Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Car Nobody, and this is episode 18 of the Sports Car Nobody podcast, and we are hot off the heels of a crazy week in the hobby, in the sports world. Let's recap. First and foremost, baseball is back. That's right. Last week, I had an entire episode with one of my favorite creators in the hobby today. Scotty B. Cards was on the show, and we talked all baseball all day. That's right. First and foremost, I suppose I need to give Scotty a congratulations because his Rockies just beat my Dodgers in the opening series of the season, and that's a bummer. Mookie Betts did not have a fantastic series. Freddie Freeman, our brand new uh, brand new acquisition. Well, let's just hope that the rest of the year goes a little bit better than those first three games. But it is what it is. It is a very long, full season of 162 games, and we are only three games in. I still like my team. I still like what the Dodgers are going to be able to do. It is going to be a fun, fun summer. And that's one of the best parts about baseball, man. Once once the gloves start popping and the bats start swinging, it genuinely feels like summer is here. I was outside today. We had a little fire burning off some of the uh, the brush that we've gathered over the over the winter. A lot of fun times with my daughter and my family. My uh, eight-month son was out there crying his head off trying to crawl around too but um summer is right around the corner and nothing signifies it better than baseball it's one of the reasons i love baseball so very much just that feeling that feeling of summer that feeling of energy oh god i love it i'm so so excited that baseball is back but um this will not be a baseball dedicated episode nope uh just here to Sing the praises of the great game coming back and to thank Scotty once more for coming on the, the pod last week. I've had a, a nice run now. I had Zan morning the week before, so two weeks in a row I've had some guests, some folks that I wanted to talk to for a long time. The first was wrestling related, the second baseball related. I had Scott DeMay on the show a couple weeks back, a month or so now. Doing great getting guests on the pod. I love it. I really am hoping to get some more voices on here share some more knowledge of people who know a lot more than me and to learn from them. That's the whole point of this pod is for me to dive in deeper and to share with everybody who who wants to learn with me. So, so much thanks to those that have been on already and a preemptive thank you to those who might be on in the future. But moving on. Yes, baseball is back, but on the flip side of things, the NBA, the basketball the basketball world is starting to come to a close in terms of the regular season. Playoffs are right around the corner, and it's been a weird a weird year in both the sport and the hobby. Uh, first and foremost, you have all heard me talk about my love of LeBron James. You have you know, seen me share my love of the Lakers, and I don't know what to say. Woof. That was one of the worst seasons I can remember. I, I I don't think Russell Westbrook could have been any worse of a trade acquisition. When we picked him up, I was never really a huge Russell Westbrook believer. Um, you know, it's great what he was doing with the triple doubles. You know, the three years that he averaged a triple double. I mean, that's phenomenal. We should not be selling that short. We should not be underrating how amazing it is that this guy went out and made the triple-double um, almost a non-factor, right? People just sort of forgot how crazy it is to to do that at that level because of because of Westbrook. But at the same time, Westbrook never really came across to me as a winner. Uh, he never really came across as a guy that was going to get his team over the hump. 
never going to really truly compete for a championship. I had always been a little bit of a Russ hater. And then the dot, or I'm sorry, the Lakers made that trade. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? I tried to get excited, you know, really had a lot of hopes that playing with LeBron and playing with Anthony Davis would, you know, put him in a role to be the third guy and hopefully two champions, including one of the greatest, you know, basketball players of all time could maybe find a way to get this guy to work. It was a disaster, a complete and utter disaster. Um, thankfully, uh, as a non-believer, I didn't get too hyped up. I didn't go out and buy any of his cards when there was a little bit of a spike when the news happened. You know, there was all this like momentum behind his cards. I, I don't—they didn't go through the roof or anything, but people really thought like this might be it. You know, this could be the year that Russ starts to break out with with these guys as his teammates and maybe reaches that championship type level, has some playoff success. And I'm sure most people were hoping just to flip the cards. Um, Lakers fans, there might have been a bunch who bought their car, bought his cards to keep. But I didn't get swept up in that. And that's great because it has not been a good ride for his season or his cards. Um, as we should expect, his cards have gone down. It's it's rough, man. I, Russ is such an enigma. I wasn't a fan, like I said before the season. I'm even less of a fan now. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know if he gets traded. I mean, they're going to have to take pennies on the dollar, but whatever, whatever the case might be. But, um, you know, he wasn't the only one AD once again, got hurt. So, you know, that's what everybody expected. Everybody expected him to get hurt. Everybody's been saying that besides the 2020 season, he just hasn't been able to, to keep himself on the court. And once again, he missed, I don't know how many games it is at this point, And the Lakers just could not survive without him. Um, man, I, he even addressed some trade rumors that, you know, that have been circulating, I guess. I don't think there's anything real behind that. AD should still be back. but And then the third guy, LeBron. You know, what does this do to him and his legacy? There's so much talk about that. I think it's crazy to talk about one of the greatest basketball players of all time as if he's not one of the greatest basketball players of all time because of a really disastrous season. He still averaged 30 points per game. I mean, really, the only thing you can knock him for is the fact that he got hurt again an awful lot this year. I think the majority of his Laker career now, um, what is this, his fourth season, three of the four seasons have been not phenomenal. He had his first real, I guess, major injury his first year with the Lakers. And then, you know, last year with the short or in 2020 with the shortened season, maybe that helped him. Maybe that helped AD as well, uh, allowed them to stay healthy and stay on the court. But sure enough, the, the last two years has been one injury after the next, but he still averaged 30 points per game. His 19th year in the season. Let's not sell that short. I mean, he's got his haters for a lot of different reasons and it is what it is. I'm not here to debate all of that, but to just sell this guy short who averaged 30 points per game at age 37 is uh, that's phenomenal. That's incredible. It's absolutely sucks that he's not in the playoffs, but uh, you can't really talk about this knocking his legacy. Sure, it's something that people are going to bring up. Sure, it's it's a a black mark, a black stain on the on the resume. I guess he still has four titles with three different teams, MVPs. Another, I mean, almost had a scoring title. You know, if the injuries didn't really slow him down, I'm sure he would have been able to take it. But whatever. That being said, legacy aside, on um, the card aspect of it, um, he 
definitely saw a big hit. I think his 2003 tops Chrome over the last three months is down something like 47% and, you know, in certain grades and whatnot, which is kind of good news for me. I think, as you all know, I've been trying to keep my eye out on that card for a while. If prices do keep coming down, I think it might actually reach a point where I can make some sales, make some trades, do whatever, and finally get my hands on a LeBron rookie. Um, probably not graded. You know, the graded PSA 10s are still way out of my price range. I think they're dipping under 10,000, <laughs> you know, with the recent struggles, but you know, that's still not really in my sports card nobody budget. Uh, I am still interested in raw and I saw some of those were dipping under a thousand. So who, who knows? I might finally be able to get one of those, but enough about the Lakers, enough about that freaking disaster, uh, enough about this year because, ugh puke emoji to that year um like i said earlier though joel Embiid won the scoring title which is pretty awesome uh the sixers could be a real threat i think the inside dominance that Embiid brings to the table with the outside uh i don't know otherworldly game that harden brings if he can put it together the sixers might find themselves coming out of the east I still think Brooklyn's going to do it. I still think KD and Kyrie have a lot to say about the East. And if they're both healthy and they're both on the court, uh, good luck. Good luck to everybody. I know the Celtics are making a lot of noise. Shout out to my my boy Dave. Um, he and I have been in a couple of debates about who's coming out of the East lately. He's obviously a big Celtics fan, and he's, um, you know, midseason he was on the trade everybody train. But when they turned it around in the second half after the All-Star break, rightfully so, he's, you know, started to have uh, uh, trophy, visions of trophies in his head. So we'll see. I, I do like Tatum. I think that Tatum is really starting to find himself elevating his game, and they're going to be super dangerous in the playoffs. Well, I do. We'll see. Are they going to face Brooklyn in the first round? I think that's the way it was shaping up. Uh, with the way the games went the last couple of nights, I don't know if it's completely decided by the time I'm recording this, but, oh man, I think Brooklyn can beat them in the first round. That's going to be a wild, wild round one series. I can't wait to find out though. But back to the Sixers and back to Embiid. Embiid's, you know, congratulations to him. Embiid is a fun player to watch play. He's so dominant. He's got personality. Uh, maybe a little too crybabyish, but that's a big NBA problem as a whole. Uh, but it's cool seeing Embiid win the scoring title. Uh, his cards are, as expected, going up last three months, I think up 35% on his Prism Silver PSA 10. Those are right around 2500 bucks right now. If you're hoping to get your hands on an Embiid, you are in a different realm than I am. But I don't know. Pretty good spot for Embiid now to try to show off in the playoffs and and maybe get something done with Simmons off the team. Uh, It's going to be a fun, fun Eastern Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, But in the West, in the West, man, I'm excited. I am so pumped. You've all heard me talking about this uh, all year. I am such a stan of John Morant. He finally got back on the court. Man, it is so worrisome watching his game there's so many Derrick Rose comparisons being made and rightfully so he got hurt several times this year he missed something like two weeks of the two weeks of games before the uh the season came to a wrap 
But he did get back on the court. He scored something like 21 in their penultimate game of the season, I believe it was. And his cards are are on the rise with the playoffs coming. Prism Silver, PSA 10 is up 20% over the last three months. I think right now it's around $1,700 to get your hands on one of those. Jaws the man. I oh, I love me some John Morant. You all know how long I've been talking about this. I have a couple John Morant cards that um, I don't know if I'm going to sell them during these playoffs. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm such a fan of watching him on the court, but it is. Uh, is he going to be Anthony Davis? Is he going to be Derrick Rose? Or can he figure out how to either build up some more size and strength? whatever, so that he's not getting banged up so much. Uh, a few times it's knee issues. That's not going away. Those knee issues are going to keep going, especially with this type of game. I mean, the dude is dunking over people like he's a center and he's like a six, five or whatever, six, six guard, whatever he is. It's just, that's just not going to, it's, it's not going to last. I can't see it c- keeping going. So I don't know. I think if there's some good, good games out of him in the playoffs. I might move some of his cards and try to buy back into them later. I love having John Morant cards in my collection, but at the same time, I am trying to make moves into other cards and do all these sorts of things and trying to get the hobby to fund the hobby. So we'll see. I am absolutely rooting for the Grizzlies, regardless of the card aspect of it. I think they're the most fun team in the playoffs, Eastern or Western. The fact that they're so good without John Morant, something like, I don't know, 22 and two or 20 and four. I don't know what it is at this point. They've proven that they're a complete team. They're not just riding the coattails of one superstar young player uh, who who broke out this year. I mean, they've got a really good team, a really good defensive team. They could come out of the West. We could see Memphis get to the finals and there would, oh my God, it'd be awesome with the Lakers out of it. I am full board a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Let's go Grizzlies. That would be a lot of fun. All right. Baseball, basketball, two of my absolute favorite sports. One of the other things I talk about a lot though is wrestling and the wrestling card world. Sure enough, had a milestone moment when Prism released this week. You heard me talking about it a lot headed into the release. I had Zan Morning on the show. We talked about what it might mean for the hobby and for that segment of the hobby. So if you're interested in that at all, you can go back a a few weeks and see my conversation with Zan Morning, who is the host of Wrestling With Cards on YouTube and Worlds Collide podcast. Phenomenal, phenomenal person who knows so much about wrestling cards. It's unbelievable. I, I learned stuff from him in that episode and was able to went out and bought a couple cards specifically because of the conversation we had. So if you like wrestling at all, you should absolutely go back and check that out. But regardless, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, this this week was really a massive moment for the hobby in general because wrestling cards, WWE specifically, but AEW has seen a lot of love too, have been in a boom. We've seen prices going up for hobby boxes. We've seen the Topps Chrome boxes go from $100 when I made my Christmas wish list episode way back. They were like 105 bucks or whatever it is. Those are now selling for $250. Um, Topps Finest product has gone from 
107 at release to pushing 200 just recently here in 20. It was the 2021 set that came out in 2022. 2020 boxes, I think, are up to like 250 bucks. There's been an increase in a momentum in the wrestling segment of the hobby. It's undeniable. It's been happening aggressively for months, but it's been happening for years. I mean, there's been records in the modern, the modern aspect with rock gold tops chrome cards. We've seen $15,000 sales. We've seen $10,000 sales. It's a real market with a real massive fan base. So when this prism release was coming, it was threatening to shake the entire foundation of that segment of the hobby. And it absolutely did. First and foremost, the boxes. Let's talk about that. Hobby boxes went on sale at $850 on Panini's website. They sold out in something like four or five minutes. I mean, that's unbelievable. Four or five minutes, they were gone. Uh, the first off-the-line product had gone on sale in a Dutch auction, I think the day before the actual release or a couple days before. So for those that don't know, a Dutch auction works like this. A product goes on sale, in this case, the Hobby Box. The Hobby Box went on sale for $2,000 at noon Eastern, I think it was, whatever the time might have been. Don't quote me on that, but it went on sale for $2,000. Then every five minutes, the price dropped something around $53. And it was going to drop all the way down to $750 or until they sold out. Sure enough, they sold out at $1,166. I mean... That's not inexpensive. That is a real, a real high-end type product. That shows how much um, passion and how much hype and how much excitement there was behind this product. It sold out at almost twelve hundred bucks, and then, as I mentioned, eight hundred and fifty bucks. The regular boxes sold out in four or five minutes. There is real, real people behind this that wanted this product. I was one of them. I bought two hobby boxes myself. I was able to get my hands on two. One I pre-ordered, one I bought the day that they went on sale at Panini. I got them both. That's awesome. So the hobby boxes sold out immediately, both, you know, 1200 and 850 bucks. And within days, we saw prices shoot up on Blowout and Steel City and um, other, you know, I think, uh, what is it? Dave and Adams Card World, whatever it is, DA Card World, selling now for around 1350 1375 right around that area. That's crazy for a product that just released, sold out immediately, and we saw we see a $500 increase. The hype is real, and the hype is real for a lot of reasons, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But man, that is wild. And then that's the hobby boxes, right? That's the hobby boxes. So let's talk about some single sales. We saw two. One of one cards, an Ultimate Warrior and a Bret Hart, both confirmed, by the way. This isn't, we're going to talk about some of the shadiness that's happened, but these are confirmed sales to real people at $15,000. Both of those within days of this product releasing tied the record for the highest sale in a modern wrestling card in history. Uh, I think it was a $15,000 Roman Reigns is what sold. I could be mistaken on that. But I believe it was a Roman Reigns. But 15000 was the magic number. We saw two cards match that within days of this releasing. We saw an Andre the Giant card. I think it was a gold prism sell for something around 8000 We've seen multiple four and five figure sales in the singles market. 
real confirmed sales. It's been a wild ride. There has been so much excitement, so much momentum, so much passion, so much love. It's been so cool seeing people get the cards that they want. It has been so much fun seeing people rip and share. Uh, I got involved in a couple breaks myself. Like I said, I've got the two boxes. I don't think I'm going to open them. I really think I'm going to I'm going to flip them uh, when the time is right to try to buy singles cards that I want. I just I can't stomach to take that risk and pull out a uh, primate auto or whatever it might be. No. Uh, you guys all know how much I love Bret Hart. I am just dying to get my hands on one of the Bret Hart, Steve Austin, dual auto, iconic rivals cards. Uh, there's been several that have popped up on eBay way out of my price range at this time. Maybe I can sell those boxes and put some of the money towards it. I have no idea, but I, man, I want one of those cards. That is probably the most important wrestling card in history for me specifically. Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. That rivalry with Steve Austin um, just launched Austin to the moon to becoming one of the most popular, most important wrestlers of all time. And the rivalry was gritty and violent and incredible. And yes, I use this word all the time, Justin, phenomenal. It was phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch, especially the match at WrestleMania 13. It is History is amazing, whatever. But back to the, the Prism release as a whole, it, huge, huge success, huge success for a lot of people. And that's awesome. But this takes me into the next topic I want to talk about, which is really the main topic I want to cover um, here to kind of close out this uh, this episode. And that's what is going on on eBay. <sighs> We see this a lot. We, we, we've seen this problem for years. We've seen it in all different segments. So this is not a WWE. This is not a wrestling card problem, right? I want to make that clear before I get into it because we see this in every single sport. We see it in baseball, basketball, football, F1, UFC. We, we saw it in V-Friends, the, the V-Friends Zero Cool product that just released a couple weeks back. We see this everywhere. And that's the problem of shilling, and just shady bidding practices. So shilling, for those that don't know, I, I'm sports card nobody. I assume a lot of people listening to me don't know some of the terminology. But shilling is when people are bidding on cards intentionally to raise the price so that their investments are going up with them. So if people are bidding up on a Bret Hart base card to make that card sell for $100 when the, it should sell for 5 bucks. It creates this idea that it's worth more than it really is. People that want to sell boxes, people that want to sell their own singles have helped inflate a market artificially. It is rampant in every aspect of card collecting, and it is infuriating. It is something that needs to be rooted out. We saw um, PWCC get booted off eBay because of shilling practices. There's a lot of questions about what really happened there. Whatever. People are constantly worried about this, though. Constantly. Probstein is a huge seller on eBay. I don't know anything about whether or not they're shielding or not, but it is impossible to go into social media and not see people claiming that they are. Whether they're conspiracy theories or whether it's real, I don't know. And maybe there is shielding happening to Probstein auctions and they have nothing to do with it. In fact, that's likely what's happening. Again, I'm not here to speculate on that. I'm just here to talk about the fact that this problem is real and it's big 
And it is just so frustrating to watch it happen because some of the victims in its wake are real people. I I take that back. All of the victims in the wake here are real people. Some people are getting stuck paying more for cards than they should. And some people are on the other end of it. And I want to talk about this story specifically because one just excited, excited, phenomenal person uh, was sharing this on Twitter. He pulled a John Cena colored blast out of the prison box. He was recording himself. He was elated, kicked his family out of the room and was just so pumped up that he pulled this monster, monster card on the, I think it was the day of the release. It was the biggest pull that we had seen that day. Of course, when we're talking about the biggest pull, it's kind of hard to define that, right? There hasn't been a market for these cards at that time. So when this person pulled this card, he immediately posted it on eBay for $50,000. Did so to maybe hear offers, didn't even really want to sell the card, was just excited, got it out there, sharing his his sort of passion and excitement on Twitter with everybody. And, and that, the wrestling community is so awesome on Twitter. There were so many of us that were that were a part of this and watching this, this roller coaster ride. And it was great. So he posted the card for $50,000. Um, I, I don't know what changed his mind. He decided he was going to let the market decide. And he, and he ended up putting it up for auction for, I think, four or five days. Don't, don't quote me on that. And quickly, that card shot up to about $10,000. I mean, that's what the entire case cost to buy these cards when they went on sale initially. And that's what this person had bought bought a case, decided to crack a couple, and I think it was his second box, maybe, that he pulled the the Cena Color Blast. Already it looked like he was going to get to pay off his entire case because of this one single card. That's the dream right there, right? I mean, that just doesn't happen. It never happens to me. I've never pulled anything even close to that. But he did, and he was pumped about it, and he posted it, and the auction shot up to $10,000. Well, a couple more days passed. It was right around that price. And um, the morning that it was going to finish, uh, the morning that the auction was going to close, it was up to 11200 I think, was the price. In the interim, a couple more John Cena Color Blast had come up for sale, and one had even sold for 7500 So the original John Cena Color Blast uh, puller, that auction finally does close, and sure enough, eleven thousand two hundred was the closing price. And I don't know, within hours, whatever it was, the seller received a message on Facebook or on um, eBay saying, "I can't buy this when one just sold for four thousand dollars less." What is that all about? Now, here's the thing: I started this talking about shilling. I don't know that the person who purchased this or won the auction, I should say, because I didn't buy it. But I don't know if the person had anything to do with shilling. I don't know. I don't know if this was a person that was trying to pump up the price. I don't know if this is a person that just got caught up in hype and overextended themselves. But what an absolute just, oh, what a heartbreak for the seller of this card to go through this wild roller coaster ride of pulling a card, a dream card, uh, he even called the shot. Yeah, I think he even joked in a tweet there. I'm going to go pull my John Cena color blast now and did. And he did. I, the odds of that are insane. You know, not just to pull the card, but to actually call the shot too is unbelievable. And, you know, to have to pull that monster card, go through the emotions, the ups and the downs of what to do with it. Do you keep this, this just you know, 
somewhat historic card, decides to sell it, thinks he has a sale that is going to pay for his entire box, and just gets the rug pulled out from under him. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. This is just unacceptable. It is completely and utterly unacceptable that that can happen. Again, whether it's shilling or not, whether it's somebody who's overextended, I have no idea what this person was doing when they made that $11,200 bid. And I also assume that they actually bid more. I assume they bid $15,000 and it just happened to sell at $11,200. Why do you make that bid if you're not going to buy the damn card? It is unacceptable. eBay needs to do something about this. I don't know what the perfect solution is, but why isn't there a credit card that you need to put down for a, for a bid of that nature? right? Why isn't there a, a, a minimum bid that if you're going to make, I don't know, $500, if you're going to bid $500 or more, you have to have a credit card on file and it is going to be charged immediately. It is going to be charged the second that you win that auction. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It would cut down on the shilling. People aren't going to just bid up the price of cards and risk actually winning something they don't intend to buy because they're trying to inflate the price. No, because then they're going to get charged enough to buy the card and go through the whole whole return scheme, deal all that noise. It's going to cut down on that. And it's going to cut down on people who are overextending themselves. Hopefully, you shouldn't be bidding on stuff if you can't pay for it. You shouldn't be bidding on stuff if you're not willing to pay for it. Put down the credit card and charge them immediately. This just should not be happening. And on the flip side of it, we because we do see on the other side of the coin where people sell cards right? We saw this during the NFL playoffs real bad where people were selling Joe Burrow cards, um, you know, the first week of the playoffs, whatever it was. Sure enough, they sell a card and Joe Burrow wins and moves on to the next round of the playoffs. Well, sure enough, his prices are going to go up. So the people selling the cards then cancel those sales because they know that they can now make more money. Again, completely and utterly unacceptable. There needs to be something done about that as well. It's both sides. People are just greedy. People aren't using their brains and they're hurting the entire hobby as a whole by doing this garbage. It is fantastic that we have a lot of people calling this out. It is fantastic that we have a community of people who who see this and recognize it and put it out there. But the problem is not just about the people who are buying and selling and getting screwed out of their cards or their money. It's also what it's doing to the hobby's perception. You can't go on Facebook. You can't go on social media and talk about cards and talk about big sales without just being blasted by people saying that it's chilled, being blasted by people saying that it's not a real sale. Maybe. You know, when I talked about those $15,000 Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart sales, I'm talking about those because I know that they were confirmed. I know that they were paid for it. I know that those cards are going to the people that bought them. But I shared that Warrior card on a pretty big Facebook sports card group. And the amount of people who were just blasting that sale as if it was fake, I I guess I, I can't blame them because we still, we've seen it. We saw it with this John Cena card. We've seen it in every aspect of the hobby for years And it is all over eBay. It is just so exhausting. It's exhausting not being able just to be happy for people and just to enjoy seeing these crazy, awesome things happen. It is so cool when somebody gets their hand on a card that they love. It is phenomenal to get your hands on something that you want to express yourself with. You want to share your passion for something. I talk about this all the time. I love wrestling. If I can get a one-of-one Bret Hart card, that would blow my mind. 
I would be so excited to have it sitting on my shelf right here. And whoever paid 15 grand for the, the one of one that got pulled, congratulations to you. Whoever paid 15 grand for the Ultimate Warrior one of one, congratulations to you. I hope you're real collectors and that you were just get to go to bed knowing that you've had this incredible piece of art just representing what you love and who you are. Good for you. But we can't just celebrate it, right? No, we can't because of all of these, I don't know what to call them, all these crooks that are out here messing up the whole game for everybody, shilling, overbidding, canceling sales, sending returns. It's exhausting and disappointing and it takes so much air out of a hobby that we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves in. And then there's one more level to this. Back to the Facebook groups, back to the sharing of of the the sales and whatnot. It, it's it's I understand the perception of some of these sales. I understand where that comes from, but I I I can't wrap my head around some of the just the complete garbage attitudes people have towards people who are trying to buy and sell, and specifically people who are calling people idiots and calling people stupid or making fun of their purchases. It was all when I shared the warrior post. I had something, there was over a hundred reactions. There were so many comments. There was so much conversation. It was one of the more popular posts in that group in some time or in a couple of days, whatever it was. And the amount of people who were just immediately responding with, um, what a bad investment, what an idiot. This person doesn't know what they're doing. Um, it, really, really, what does it matter? Or, oh, this person's going to be stuck holding the bag. Holding the bag, what bag are we talking about? Not everybody's in this to make investments and to flip and to just try to make money. There is a, believe it or not, there's a huge amount of people who are in this hobby to collect. I am in this hobby to collect. I want to hoard these cards to express myself, to express my passions, to share with my kids, to share with my daughter when she's playing with them here, making big circles and sitting in the middle of the circle. I love this hobby to collect and and to do that. There are so many people who want to share in this hobby in that way. You're not holding a bag if you buy a card you want. You're holding a card that you love. And that's awesome. That's what it should be about because there's no flipping. There's no investing. There's no freaking market unless there's an end user who just wants to collect the cards. If there's not us, if there's not Drake's PC and Brett McGrath and Zan Morning and people who... who love this hobby so much that they want to keep the cards they have for however long they want to keep them and operate within the hobby as passionate collectors, there's no market. It doesn't exist. This entire thing works because of the collectors. So no, they're not idiots if they spend a lot of money for a card if they're doing it responsibly. I have to add that because you have to still be doing this responsibly. You got to be taking care of your kids and your family and whatever it is you got to take care of your priorities first. If you have the disposable income to spend 15K and an Ultimate Warrior one-on-one card, first of all, good for you for being so good at life and your career, excuse me, and your career and whatever that got you to that extent that you have 15 grand and disposable income. That's great, first and foremost. And now you have this incredible card. Good for you. Good for whoever bought the one-on-one Bret Hart card. I'm a little jealous. I would really like you to sell that to me for a lot cheaper. But nonetheless, good for you. And good for people who are who are not afraid to be the comp, who aren't worried about holding the bag and care more about holding the card that they freaking want. Good for you. All right. 
I'm at about 35 minutes in this podcast. I'm going to start wrapping it up, but I, I don't want to wrap it up with just pure frustration and anger. <laughs> you know, I, you, whoever's been listening to this, you know, 18 episodes in, you probably haven't heard me go on a rant like that, but I was really frustrated, you know, seeing some of these responses and seeing the way some of these sales have been. And it's, eh, it's frustrating, but I do want to end on a, on a little bit more of a positive note. And that note that I want to end on is, what I have been able to do personally within this hobby, especially in the last, I don't know, three months. I mean, I talk about this a lot, but the reason I started this podcast, the reason I started content creation is because I wanted to dive into and experience this hobby in ways that mean a little bit more to me and a little bit deeper than I can just collecting the cards. And the only way that works is by really building a network and a community of friends and acquaintances within this hobby. And that has actually started to happen. So I wanted to end this just shouting out some people that have been so great to me that I think anybody listening um, would love to speak with or reach out to and will have great experiences with as well. Uh, first and foremost, the last two people that have been on on my podcast have both been great. Uh, Zan Morning, really sharing a lot of knowledge about wrestling cards and the wrestling card market. Thank you, Zan. Uh, it has been great chatting with you. Just phenomenal, you know, hearing what you have to say and think about the, the hobby has been great. Scott Baldwin, last week, this dude is an encyclopedia about baseball knowledge. If if you like baseball at all, go follow him on YouTube. Go, you know, reach out to him and, and see what he's doing on Instagram. He is, like I said, an encyclopedia of baseball knowledge. He just dives in so deep with the stats and the facts. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Scotty B. Card, Scott Baldwin, thank you so much for being on the pod. And thank you so much for being in the hobby and sharing your knowledge with the rest of us. I talk about him a lot, but at Drake's PC actually just hooked me up today. At Drake's PC went live on his Instagram live, shared some cards that he bought. I reached out out of curiosity. He hooked me up with somebody. I was able to buy a, a new card today off Instagram. Uh, Drake has one of the best wrestling card collections you're ever going to see. His modern collection is just going through the roof with prestige. He just added a 2014 Andre the Giant Gold, which is a PSA 10, actually. Oh, my God. That card is gorgeous. He even talked about it on the Instagram Live when he revealed it today, how he'd been trying to get his hands on an Andre the Giant from the 82 All-Star set. That card's great. The 82 All-Stars, iconic milestone set in the in the hobby. I'm planning to do a history lesson one of these days. But the 2014 Topps Chrome Andre the Giant Gold, in my opinion, numbered to 50 in a PSA 10, that's the card. That, that might be the Andre the Giant card to have. Prism has some has some phenomenal cards in it that could pro- possibly contend with that. But man, Drake, Drake's PC is one of the best collections you're going to see. One of the best people in the hobby. What a great guy. Don't be shy to reach out to him because he's really great at you know sharing his knowledge as well and his experience. Uh, I want to shout out Adam Gelman. Adam Gelman uh, on Twitter has been called like the Adam Schefter of wrestling cards. Adam Gelman is another person who knows so much about the wrestling card uh, aspect of the hobby, constantly sharing his knowledge on his blog, SC Uncensored, Sports Cards Uncensored. You can find him on Twitter, SC Uncensored. Uh, Gelman is, is the little handle there. This dude isn't afraid to shares opinions on the hobby good bad or indifferent but he knows a lot also huge shout out 
I was able to make a purchase with him. Uh, I reached out to him because he shared he shared a little four card spot on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it was. Immediately, I, I was I think looking at those things. I got to get my hands on those. He hooked me up with a great deal. I got those cards in hand and they're phenomenal. So huge shout out to Gelman. Um, huge shout out to Flex Burkhead on Twitter. Another person that I've been able to interact with quite a bit. Again, in the wrestling world, you're gonna there's a a trend here. The wrestling community has just been so welcoming and awesome that I, I really just dove into that aspect of the hobby way more than I anticipated because of this sort of um, embracing nature of everybody. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's sharing knowledge and giving tips. And uh, it's been great. It's exactly what I wanted when I started to do this. And seeing some of that come to fruition has been amazing. So Another huge shout out there. Huge shout out to Brett McGrath, a massive voice in the hobby who had a, a ranting podcast himself a couple of weeks back and just absolutely hit the nail on the head throughout the whole thing. So absolutely go check him out at Stacking Slabs is his podcast. There's just so many. There's so many fantastic people for all the bad attitudes on Facebook, for all the bad attitudes, you know, bad bidding habits and all this sort of stuff. It's real, you know, this negative side of the hobby is real, but the positive side is real too. And focusing on that positive, diving into that positive side, that's what's made my obsession, my addiction, my love of the hobby grow even more over the last 18 episodes since I started doing this podcast. So thank you to everybody who's made me love this even more. But all right, that's all I got. That's all I got tonight, guys. Listen, As always, if you are enjoying anything I'm doing here, please, please consider subscribing. Consider giving me a review on whatever your podcast of choice is. Feel free to reach out. You can find me at SportsCardNobody on Instagram, at SportsCardNobody on Twitter, and I am on Facebook as well. But more importantly, the thing that will mean the absolute most to me, if you are enjoying this at all, please share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say because that is what helps the podcast grow and keeps me going. But thank you so much, guys, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening. You have a great night.